Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's podcast. I got to start out by thanking everybody for all of their feedback and support of the new website. It seems to be going well. There was a few people that sent me screenshots of how it looked on their phones, uh, but I couldn't recreate it. So I'm, I'm still trying. I'm still trying to get everything fixed. Uh, big thanks to Justin for helping me out because I couldn't have, just couldn't have done it without him. There would not have been a new website. Um, but I'm getting there. And once everything's in place, uh, once the, the podcast is transferred over and all that good stuff, uh, then I'll start working on updating the content on each page, which, uh, you know, some pages could just use a few things here and there, and others could use a major and gigantic overhaul. So I'm getting there. Um, but uh, just thanks again for everybody's feedback. Keep it coming. And while I'm still catching up with the news, uh, the only things that I will have missed uh, still uh, this week are things that I feel like require just a little bit more research before I talk about. So if you're like, damn, why didn't he talk about that yet? Uh, It's nothing that I feel is time sensitive. So I figure I'll just uh, do the rest of the research and then talk about it next time. But anyway, let's jump right into it. Well, I got to start with the two that somehow got lost last week. I think I recorded these segments, but uh, they must have gotten accidentally deleted. Anyway, um, the, there is now a PS2 GunCon microswitch mod made from the same person that did the ones for PS1 and Saturn. And while I admit I haven't had time to install mine in my Saturn gun yet, I'm really looking forward to trying it out because I'm a huge fan of light gun games. Uh, and anything to improve the experience and make it feel a little bit more like the arcade is always a plus in my opinion. So uh, now you have plenty of options available. Uh, just check out the links in the description and you could order for any three of those guns. A quick update I seem to have forgotten last week. Crick said that he is working on wireless controllers for other consoles and confirmed that it's going to be NES and SNES. So while that's awesome and I always love options, it's a little disappointing to me because I was hoping for wireless controllers for consoles that don't have that option yet. I think Saturn would be one that would probably be the first one to to come to mind. Um, But also, there are already solutions for SNES and Nintendo. So uh, I don't know um, totally how I feel about the 8-bit dough solutions for SNES, um, because with Bluetooth, you might always get some kind of lag, and their controllers have been hit or miss sometimes. Um, You know, you buy three and one's perfect, the other one you have to mess with the D-pad, so I'm not really sure. Overall, I like them, but I guess there could be room for more. Uh, But on the NES side, I mean, I really like the ABS controller, especially since Greg redid that 3D print for the new shell for it. So now this is that same uh, this is that same controller that with the Batwing design, but this is a 3D printed case that's uh, it's actually glow in the dark, which is pretty badass. So um, I don't really know that I would go out and buy either one of those other than to test, because I'm pretty happy with my wireless wireless solutions as is. Uh, but as always, I really am a fan of all of Crix's stuff, and I'll probably buy them. Maybe I'll buy it, test it out, and use it as a Patreon giveaway or something. But 
Um, either way, I'm glad there's more options, but I really hope that he starts work on stuff for consoles that don't get as much love as the rest. Uh, my personal first choice would be Saturn, but I don't know, let me know down in the comments. What do you guys think? What, what, uh, what old console is really missing a wireless controller design? I think N64 would probably come to mind for most people for a good high quality one. Uh, but then you go down that argument of, well, what should the controller be like? Should it be an exact match of the original? Should it be newer? Yada, yada. But I don't know. Let me hear. Uh, let me hear from you guys and see what you think. There's now a $1,000 bounty being offered for a lagless V-Sync beam racing API to be implemented into RetroArch. Um, I'll have to admit, I, I, when I read this article, I had to go and then reread what this was all about. But I guess in the words of some of the developers, it's achieved via synchronizing the emulator's raster to the real world's raster. It's successfully implemented in some emulators and uses less processing power than Runahead and is more forgiving than expected thanks to a jitter margin technique that's been invented by a group of developers. So uh, I guess they're looking to implement this into RetroArch, um, giving you one step closer to a lag-free software emulation solution. Um, this is all really exciting to me because, uh, you know, I, th I think that I'll probably always play NES and SNES, my favorite consoles, on the original console on an RGB monitor. Um, you know, when I'm really hardcore gaming, not when I'm just messing around. Uh, but there's just so many other uses that uh, for software emulation that make it so much easier. And that goes, like, times a million for arcade emulation because it's just impossible for anybody to amass a full collection of arcade games, even a full collection of your favorites. I mean, even PCBs, you'd have to dedicate rooms to that stuff. So I think having as lag-free and accurate a software emulation solution available for arcade is pretty incredible. So uh, if they could implement this as well as run ahead maybe, um, and that way try and compensate for that extra frame you get from the video buffer on a computer. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, with all of these new software techniques coming around, I think a few months from now when everything's uh, had some bugs worked out, I should retest lag on software emulation because I think I'm going to be very pleasantly surprised. But if uh, anybody wants more info, check out the link down below. BitDistrict is considering selling a kit that will allow you to remount where the daughter boards are on some of your Midway Arcade boards. So if this sounds a little confusing, give me a minute, because this is a problem that has plagued anybody who's owned any of the original MKs or NBA Jam or plenty of other Midway boards. Uh, but basically, they have separate sound boards and sometimes a third board, which mounts the volume pots and things like that. Um, they're connected by a ribbon cable and a power cable, and you have to find some place to mount them. So obviously, if you just have uh, an arcade with one original board in it and that's it, it's not that big a deal. But for people that want to use arcade boards with super guns, or for people that want to mount multiple boards inside one arcade machine, my thing was always I wanted a mint condition MK1 machine with MK1 and two boards at the same time. Um, now there's a better solution. Uh, now you could actually mount these daughter boards directly to the top uh, of the regular board, making it way easier to store, to mount, or to use with super guns. So if anybody's interested in this and you're an owner of Midway boards or are looking to purchase them, definitely check out the link to Arcade Projects uh, and just let everybody know that you would like to purchase one. Uh, it's not a pre-order, it's just an interest check, if you will. And this is definitely something that I think a lot of people would benefit from. So hopefully, you know, we could find many more neat and creative ways like this to both consoleize PCBs that are pretty unique as well as make it easier to mount them inside arcades. 
The creator of the Sentinel Supergun has just posted a video of his Genesis controller adapter working. The Sentinel will come with both Genesis and Super Nintendo controller port adapters, uh, so he just wanted to show them off in action. And Frank, the creator, was also asking if people knew of a source of PCB-mountable controller ports for the Saturn, because he was interested in offering those as well. So uh, if anybody knows, uh, please check out the Arcade Projects link and let everybody know. You can now get glass lenses or screen protectors for the Turbo Express. And let me tell you, this is one of these upgrades that when I first heard about it, I was like, ah, maybe I'll get one, until I saw it in person. And it's a massive difference on all of the older handhelds that came with plastic lenses. So I have one on my Game Gear and on my Game Boy, and I believe they're available for all the, the Game Boy variants. But now you can get one for the Turbo Express. They're fairly cheap, they're about 15 bucks, so if you own one of those, I would highly recommend it because not only is your original probably a little bit scratched up, but this will make it a lot clearer to see the actual game screen that's behind it. Someone on Twitter just posted teardown pics of a Neo Geo Mini, and it looks like it's powered by Android, uh, and all of the pics are available right on the post. Uh, I have one embedded down below, and some of the feedback was that the video output is not that great. So um, I still really want to get one. I still don't really know why. It's a fun little toy, I guess. Uh, and, it, you know, you can play a bunch of games on it, so it's not just like a single mini arcade. But hopefully, uh, hopefully the reports aren't as bad as it seems, and it'll actually output decent video. But, you know, as, as with any of these, like, mini clone consoles, you really have to curb your expectations. So I hope it's good enough that I don't hate it, and I hope I end up with a fun little just toy console to mess around with now and then. As soon as I get one, I'll certainly do a review. Fans of the classic game Day of the Tentacle have created their own fan-made sequel called Return of the Tentacle and made it available for free for PC, so Windows, Linux, and Mac. And it seems pretty neat. Um, I think this is Day of the Tentacle is the sequel to Maniac Mansion, and uh, I really like both of those games. I remember Maniac Mansion more, but I think if I have time, I'd like to go back and try Return of the Tentacle now, because it looks pretty cool, uh, and it's really amazing that fans of the game were able to put that out for free. A 60 hertz NTSC version of the game The Smurfs for the Sega Genesis has recently been dumped to a ROM. As far as I know, the only previous ROMs of this available were the European versions running at PAL speeds and were region locked, whereas this one is not region locked, uh, and runs at full NTSC speeds. So it's really awesome to me that still all these years later we're finding uh, new versions of games that haven't been dumped and we're able to archive them. Um, and this was done using DB Electronics Universal Mega Dumper. So uh, it's very cool just to see everybody in the community kind of coming together to get these last few ROMs archived and, and really just held on forever because I guarantee some of these games uh, or some of the games that haven't been dumped yet will eventually just be forgotten to time with no software backup of it. So thanks to Btrim82, Smoke Monster, DB Electronics, and everybody involved. I've been waiting all week to talk about this one. Arcade 1UP is a company that makes three-quarter scale arcade cabinets that are uh, available this fall. And they're now available for $100 off MSRP. So I'm not really sure what that means. Was, were they always supposed to be $299? Uh, is only Walmart selling them at the discount? I don't know about that part, uh, and I care much less about that than you can get a three-quarter scale stand-up arcade machine for that money. So at this point, even if the whole thing is garbage, if it's a nice enough cabinet, that's the perfect starter kit for your own emulation solution. Uh, but 
from the way it looks, um, there's their own custom ribbon going to the 17-inch LCD panel, so there's a chance that maybe they're doing it on a very low lag monitor. I wouldn't hold my breath at that price point, but you know, really what I'm more, uh, more excited about than anything else put together is just uh, a three-quarter size. So uh, imagine something that's good enough for one person to either sit in front of or stand. Uh, they have a little riser thing, the uh, attachment that they'll be selling for it as well. So it's good for one person, probably not for two, but it's still the feel of an arcade cabinet. And while, yes, it's an LCD screen, um, it's impossible to have a CRT in mass production these days, but that also would keep the price down very low. So for people that, uh, even people like me that take original arcade gaming very seriously, um, I think this might be a really fun, inexpensive toy to just have. Uh, in fact, I already asked a friend of mine if I buy one, if I could leave it at her house, <laughs> just because I think it would be neat. Um, the other thing that's pretty cool is it comes in different versions, and each version comes with a different pack of games. So one is uh, has dual six-button controllers for Street Fighter, um, and other ones have like a, a spinner controller for Tempest or a trackball for, uh, I forget what other games that one came with. Um, so I want to hear everybody's feedback on this down below. Uh, what does everybody think about this? Is this a complete useless piece of junk, or do other people feel the way I do, where even if it doesn't work well, it's a, a very uh, reasonably priced way to, to start making your own emulation solution? Um, anybody have any ideas of how to hack it? And also, which one, if you're looking to hack these things, which one do we think should be purchased? Uh, should you get the one with the trackball built in, knowing that you could always just build a, a uh, some kind of plug for your own arcade stick and then drill a hole for a spinner? Because that's essentially all you need. You drill a hole, you mount the spinner underneath, you put it on. Um, do you get the spinner version? Do you get the one with the six buttons built in and then drill the holes for the trackball and the spinner? Uh, so I want to hear from everybody down below. Uh, ben, I'm calling on you directly because I know you know a lot more about this than me. Post down below and let me know what everybody thinks about this because... While I would love to see every arcade enthusiast have an arcade machine in their home, uh, they're impossibly heavy for one or even two people to carry. Trust me, Jose will vouch for me on that one. <laughs> um, you know, they take up so much space, uh, and they're really hard to maintain. Whereas, as a toy, not as competitive gaming, but as a fun little neat thing, I, I think I like the idea of the three-quarter scale arcade. Uh, I think I would probably like it with a riser so you would still stand up and play it. But, you know, one person at a time, not really competitive, and just a smaller, fun little thing. But I'd love to hear what everybody has to say, and especially if anybody has any other info on this or, or knows anything about them, because I would, uh, you know, I'd certainly love to hear anybody's feedback. Uh, they should, they're available for pre-order right now and will deliver in September, uh, and the links to all of them are down below to the cheaper versions from Walmart. Here's something I thought was really cool. Somebody just posted a demo that showed the Virtual Boy outputting eight different shades of red as opposed to the original three colors of it. So they were able to do this by dithering and blending, and it's a very noticeable difference. Uh, you can see with the color bars up here, uh, and color bars, in my opinion, are great if you just want to show the difference in things. Like, you know, here's one thing side by side, but real world, is, uh, real world examples are really where it's at for something like this. And you can see the unbelievable detail of the Yoshi's Island title screen. Now, once again, this is the title screen as a snapshot, as a demo. Um, they didn't make Yoshi's Island into a Virtual Boy game. Uh, but I just thought that was really cool, and uh, anybody that has a, a Flash Boy can use this demo and check it out and see it through an, a real Virtual Boy hardware. 
I just think it was a pretty ingenious idea, and uh, you know, I'm a fan of the Virtual Boy, so anything that pushes the console even further, uh, I definitely want to try out. An open source project called C64 Saver 2 was just released, and this is a design for a circuit that would help against overvoltage for Commodore 64s. Essentially, the original power supplies for the C64 can sometimes fail and cause overvoltage, over which might damage your console. Uh, as far as I know, this is one of the few boards available that would fix that or prevent that from happening. Um, my own personal opinion on this is maybe maybe you should just use a newer PSU that's that's been tested and known to put out good voltage. But I am uh, not only am I not an expert on the Commodore 64, I barely know anything about it at all. And I felt it was worth mentioning this because I'm sure there's a scenario where you would want to use the original brick um, or maybe need to, and stuff like this could come in handy. So please, uh, in the comments, correct me if I'm talking out of my ass here, but either way, I felt like it was worth mentioning for anybody that might need it. The Mojon Twins have just released a new 2D side-scrolling adventure game for the NES called Cheryl the Writer. And while I only clocked a few minutes with it, I thought the, the game controls felt great. And it seemed like a really neat game. I hope I have time to go back and try it either on a ROM cart or on the analog NT. But either way, it is confirmed to be working on ROM carts, and it's a free download. So anybody that's a NES fan, I definitely recommend giving it a try, because it's a free new game, so why not, right? Uh, also, if anybody's interested in game design, um, they designed this game to, to show off some of the things that could be done with their game engine that's available on GitHub. So any developers might want to check that out as well. The Brooks Retro Board was just announced, which is a PCB that allows you to convert fighting sticks for use in things like arcade machines, as well as NES, SNES, and many different consoles. This is supposedly a zero-lag solution, um, and this is really going to come in handy for people that want to use one stick on everything. There's already a few boards out there already. Some are hard to come by, uh, some aren't, so this is just uh, another option, which like I always say, the more options, the better. Um, and you know, this is something that I just recently realized how important it is to me, uh, both because I live in a small apartment so I can't have a collection of fighting sticks, but also as I've started to play people who are better and better at video games, uh, I started to realize how important it is for me to know my craft if I wanna have fun while playing along with them. I don't think I'll ever be able to compete, but I would like to play at least more than two rounds of a game without getting eliminated immediately. And one of the best tools that you could have is a good quality fighting stick that you know and are comfortable with and are completely familiar with. Um, and that's something that I've seen at a lot of these fighting tournaments is people bringing their own sticks for use in super guns. Uh, I think there's a few competitive players that uh, use PS2 controllers on everything because that's just what they've always played. So, um, you know, I would do, if you're interested in any of this, I would do a little bit of research and figure out what's an inexpensive stick that you think might work for your needs. Um, and then which is the best board to use on it. Uh, maybe the Brooks Retro Board is it, maybe some of the other options. But overall, I just think, uh, I think I really want to get into this and start practicing on one stick on all consoles. That way when I lose games, it's because I'm not that good at them, not because of you know, the stick I'm using or I'm not used to something. or you know, I, don't, I never mind losing as long as it's because I'm actually losing, not because there's something else failing. So uh, pre-orders are open now and it should ship relatively soon. And at some point, I would really love to do a video about fighting sticks and how to get the best performance out of them and why. So uh, anybody interested, check out the link down below. Smoke Monster just did a stream of Red Guy's SA1 chip support for the SD to SNES. 
Uh, and it was pretty cool. He went through a bunch of games, and it looks like support is pretty excellent. I believe this was the first time anybody outside of Red Guy himself has been able to demo this live, um, and it's looking great. So I can't wait for a public beta and uh, to try out all those games and some of those awesome ROM hacks. I was just out in Chicago shooting some videos with Steve from HD Retrovision that will hopefully air within a few weeks. Um, and Nick happened to be out there as well, so I went over to their brand new office and did an in-person interview uh, and kind of showed off their office and got an update on where they are as a company. I know it's a, a little weird interviewing friends, especially because we do the Retro Roundtable podcast together, but uh, I still like doing these things, and every time I sit down, there's uh, at least another few minutes of, of cool info that we never talked about before. So even if you're uh, already a watcher of the Retro Roundtable, maybe give this one a listen as well, because it's always fun talking with those guys. Analog has once again teased their analog adapter for the Super NT and assuming any other console that they would come out with in the future. Uh, and they were completely cryptic as always. Um, they basically just said it's been nearly complete for some time. They're looking forward to releasing it, but it's been put on the back burner for now, assuming because of the other secret project Kevtris said that he's currently working on. Um, and they responded that it's a serious piece of kit even more sophisticated than we initially planned. Uh, so I can only speculate at what that might mean. I hope that that means it's multiple outputs and maybe even multiple simultaneous outputs. Because I know a lot of us that stream, uh, it would be easier to have dual outputs of a Super NT. But to be honest, one adapter that would output uh, maybe even component and RGB at the same time, uh, that alone, I think, would be excellent because that could just go right to two different, uh, you know, one to your display and uh, one to your capture card. But to be honest, even if it's not, it's still, I think, a great solution. And I, I think some of the advantages it has over using an original SNES might make it something that's a pretty cool thing to have for people that are streaming or want to do something on the go. Um, I will always have original hardware around, especially for my favorite console, the Super Nintendo, but I'm a massive fan of the Super NT and, of course, Kevtris's work, and I really want to see um, how this looks compared to a one-chip and a two-chip. So while I'll eventually get around to a very quick overview, not even a review, an overview of the Super NT, there's so many out there, I don't even want to throw my hat in the ring. Maybe I'll just do a page on the website. That's probably more fitting. Um, but I will be doing a very detailed review of this as soon as it's available. So uh, I don't know if, uh, if anybody from Analog watches these, but please get in touch with me because while uh, I'm sure everybody could have done a better video review than me, um, I think that I will really be able to put this thing through its serious paces and then bring it to a lot of the professional streamers that, uh, that could really also tell the other side of things. How does it work in their environment with their equipment? Are there any compatibility issues with the stuff that the streamers use? So, um, you know, there's a lot more that goes into these things than just plugging it into a monitor or a scaler. So I'm really looking forward to trying it out and seeing if there's advantages or, or disadvantages in using a Super NT in this adapter versus an original SNES. Even more MSU1 audio patches for Super Nintendo games were just released. Uh, the games Wild Guns, Captain America and the Avengers, Evo Search for Eden, and Wise v. Keffen, The Lost City of Sand. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I have no idea if that was pronounced correctly, but 
Um, all uh, MSU one patches are available. And I gotta say, I really love these. Um, you know, it's my opinion that some of these MSU one patches are very good, and I'm glad I got a chance to listen, but others are wow, awesome. Like, really blew me away when I was first able to experience it. I think as much as I really loved the, you know, Zelda and Metroid ones, the ones that really got me were the arcade games. So playing Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter using their original arcade soundtracks on the SNES was so killer. And I, I'll never go back to playing the originals. That's, you know, sometimes I'm in the mood for the original Super Metroid music. Sometimes I'm in the mood for the orchestral Zelda. It's really just preference, but the arcade ones, I don't think I will ever go back to the SNES soundtracks. So thank you so much to the teams of people that work on these. Uh, please keep them coming. And I even had a few people contact me over the last few months that they're going to be working on more obscure, newer ones. Uh, somebody said that they were working on the Super Metroid Metroid Metal soundtrack. Um, hopefully that one's in progress because I was dying to play that one. And uh, there's still that um, remake of Metroid 1 as a Super Metroid game that I would love to have the NES soundtrack. That way, uh, you know, it would be MSU, so you're just playing the, the files of the original NES game. Because I would love the graphics and gameplay of Super Nintendo, but playing on the map of the original NES with the original music. I think that would be just the coolest way to do a Zero Mission style ROM hack. But thanks again to everybody that does these. Some updates from Game Tech. He's taking pre-orders for the GC Dual Kits. Those are uh, Dan Citrus 3000 PSI's GameCube, HDMI, and RGB solutions. And he's also reopening pre-orders for the next high-def NES kits. Uh, so no word on when those would be delivered. They're pre-orders, but they're, they're relatively quick for, uh, you know, for these kind of retro gaming turnarounds. Certainly not years or anything. Uh, and also he will soon have stock of his TurboGrafx-16 region, uh, region switch. Um, which is that one that uh, seems to be the favorite for TurboGrafx modders that uh, easily allow them to switch between PC Engine and TurboGrafx-16. Wonderswan flashcarts are now in stock at flashmaster.com. A few weeks ago I reported that they were getting them in and assembling and testing, and now they have a few available for sale right away. And I believe these are single or double flash, so it's not one that you would stick an SD card and the whole library on, but uh, you could individually flash and reuse them. So. Anybody that has a Wonderswan, this kind of seems like a no-brainer. You, you might as well just get one so you could have the whole library and then decide which games you want to collect, which games you, originals you want to buy. I won't go off on a rant on flashcards again. Uh, everybody knows I like these things. So uh, anybody interested, the link is in the description, and pick yours up while they're still in stock. And lastly, I'll be joining Brooklyn Video Games and the RGB crew at their booth at the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo on Saturday, August 11th. I should be there from the afternoon until it closes, so anybody that wants to come down and see real live RGB setups, you know, anybody that's into retro gaming that lives in the area that hasn't seen one yet, come down and see real hardware on real RGB monitors, check out the booth, uh, come meet all of us down there, and also check out the Aviation Museum, because uh, unless they change things from last year, your ticket gets you admission to both the Expo and the Aviation Museum. Uh, which is extra awesome for me because those are two things that I've been obsessed with my whole life. Uh, I've always wanted to be a pilot uh, until I found out you can't be a fighter pilot if uh, even the slightest bit colorblind, so forgot about that. But uh, uh, it's really awesome to walk around and see all this stuff. They have arcade setups there. Um, they have you know the typical vendors at some of these expos. So please definitely come by, hang out, and meet all of us at the booth, take pictures. 
uh, you know, uh, really just enjoy yourself because I've been there twice now and it's been a very cool time uh, and I'm looking forward to meet everybody there. All right, everybody, now on to this month's Patreon giveaway. So for any new Patreon subscribers, uh, anybody that would like what I'm about to announce, go to the Patreon page and post I'm in or yes or something short down below on the Patreon side. And then next week, uh, next week I'll do the drawing and announce the winner. But this week I have another backlit speed modded Game Boy donated from, by Wes from Second Opinion Games. And these things are really freaking awesome. Um, let me try to give a quick example of one. And keep in mind, I'm just everything's on autofocus. This isn't really professional, but so you have Super Mario Land 2, right? And then you press this button, and that activates the speed mod. Turn. <laughs> How cool is that? So this thing could be perfect for anything from. Uh, just having fun and messing around with games to doing any kind of chiptune music. Uh, I know the thing Wes was kind of fascinated with was um, taking uh, games and seeing which ones you could speed up a little bit. Sometimes you could improve performance, sometimes you slow it down. Uh, and I think we were both interested in which games would just crash as a result. But, you know, it's got one of these awesome clear cases. Uh, it's backlit, as you saw before. Um, you know, it does not come with my EverDrive, sorry. But this is just a, a really awesome thing. And thank you so, so much to Wes for, for donating this. Uh, you know, really appreciate it. And uh, I really love uh, being able to give away awesome, unique things like this. So um, if you want one of these, please post on the Patreon page. I'm really excited to get to give it away. And uh, also, please check out his podcast, because uh, I'm a fan of that as well. Well, that's it for this week. As I said before, I'm still catching up on a few little bits of news, as well as some of the website stuff. I hope to have the audio-only podcast done within a few days, uh, but if not, I'll just post some MP3s up on the actual website, because uh, I know a lot of people prefer audio versus watching it on YouTube. I know I sure did when I was commuting in a car or on the train. I would always rather listen to an audio version of stuff, and it's kind of a pain, like ripping the audio from YouTube, throwing it on Dropbox and all that. So I get it. I'll try to, do, uh, I'll try to get everything back up and running as soon as I can. Uh, but until then, um, thanks very much to everybody for watching. Thanks to Justin for all the help on the website. Uh, thanks to Kilo for being my partner in crime today. Uh, thank you to, of course, all of the amazing Patreon subscribers that keep this stuff going. Because I keep saying it and I keep meaning it. Without you guys, I wouldn't be able to do this. So I appreciate all of you, and I'll see you all next week. Hopefully, we're all caught back up.